Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, everything looks good. So, all right, we are officially live, and today is Wednesday, March 9th, and this is Reflection Artist Live, episode number 65. And as you know, we have manufacturers, we have operators, we have all types of personalities within the detail industry, and today we have with us uh, an operator out of Oklahoma, Newcastle, by the way, and his name is Jared Herrick. Uh, or sorry, Jacob Heron. I was thinking of the name like we were just talking about. That's right. Um, <laughs> he has been detailing for a little over seven years and uh, Army veteran at that, disabled Army veteran. So much love, much credit to that. And then, of course, he's been in business now for two years. And we want to dive in to get to know uh, Jacob and everything he has to offer. And, of course, from a, you know, installer, technician, operator type perspective, you know, what it's like getting into detailing and, and where it all started. So, Jacob, thank you for coming on and joining us and uh, tell us how you got into the wonderful world of detailing. Um, but of course, what led up to that? You know, tell us about the past years and every all the meat and potatoes of, of your life and how it all came together. Well, so uh, I would say some of my first experiences with detailing were probably back when I was in the Army. I lost you on, on audio. I lost you on audio. Did you hit a chord? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Oh, there you are. Okay. Let's start over again. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, um, so my, I would say that my very first experiences with detailing would be uh, back when I was in the Army. So we used to have to do these things called PMCSs uh, weekly on our personal vehicles. And what PMCS stands for is Preventative Maintenance uh, Services and Checks. So you basically have your uh, higher leadership go through your vehicle and you guys would check all the fluids and everything together, check all the tires and make sure your vehicle was in, your personal vehicle was in good operational condition. And so part of that was, is we also had to have our vehicles clean every week. And uh, it was at that point that I started to discover that I was actually pretty meticulous about keeping my vehicle clean and maintaining it just because, you know, I didn't want to get into any trouble. Yeah. What did so, you have? Uh, what was the type of vehicle that you had? It was a, a Chevy Malibu, and uh, I'll tell you one mistake that all new privates make, or a lot of new privates make when they get into the military, is uh, they got this deal where they automatically deduct your, your car payment out of your check. And so what happens is, is you end up, you know, making, making a bad financial decision and way, getting a, a car that has way too much interest, but it was a, it was a Chevy Malibu is what it was. And so... Um, and it was like the first new car that I ever bought. I'd had uh, a Geo Metro. And, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> when, it rained, when it rained, the it would flood on the inside. Oh, wow. 
that thing was a piece of crap. <laughs> I don't think it would hardly do the speed limit. Oh man. I moved all the way from Kansas to Texas in that car and we just packed whatever we could get in there so we could make it to the, make it to post on time so I could check in to my new unit back when I was a brand new private. But yeah, so I got that Chevy Malibu and uh, I, I really tried to take care of it. And so uh, I'd have to go clean it up every week and everything. And, and we'd go through the car wash and, uh, and, you know, wash it with the self-serve car wash. And we probably scratched the crap out of the paint with the brushes and stuff because I didn't know any better at the time. But, you know, and then we'd use all the chemicals and stuff. They offered the car wash, just popping quarters on the machine. It <laughs> seems legit. One. You know, they're running yeah. a business, right? They haven't been yeah. shut down. <laughs> I'll take one to everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so my friends would uh, tease me. They'd be like, you go get this car detailed. I was like, no, I cleaned it myself. And like, you went and got this car detailed. I was like, no, I didn't. I don't think they ever, I, I don't think they ever believed that I, uh, didn't have it did it, I didn't have a detail that I did it myself because it was so clean but yeah those are some of my first memories about detailing and then uh, another memory that I have back while I was in the army is uh, we used to go to this other car wash and there'd be guys out there offering detailing services like a la carte detailing services and uh, just like anybody any new customer that doesn't understand about detailing you know these guys would tell me their prices and I thought they were extremely high but actually, they were probably, from what I can remember, now that I think back about it, they're probably some pretty fair prices for the services they were offering, you know, like uh, they were offering like fabric protection and some other things like that. So those what year, what, what time frame would you say that was when you experienced that? Uh, that was a long time ago, actually. That had to have been. I know when we had the Malibu, that was in uh, probably in early 2005, right before I deployed to Iraq. And then uh, after I got back from Iraq, I ended up getting this uh, like a white Pontiac G6 back when the Pontiac G6s first came out. And I just had the base model four cylinder uh, G6. And it, it was still nice cars. No, yeah, it, it was a pretty nice car. Yeah, actually, actually, I got a lot of compliments on I can't hear you. I lost you on audio. Can you hear me? Did I lose you again? Yeah, you, you lost okay, me there you again go. For a That's okay. I it dropped off right when you said I got a lot of compliments on that car. Oh, on the yeah, on the white G6. And I, I think that's part of the reason why those guys at the the detailers at the car wash had approached me was because they wanted to, you know, they seen they seen I had a nice car, they wanted to offer me some services and stuff. And now that I think back about it, from some of the experiences that I've had, I wish I would have hired him to, to do something for me, but I didn't hire him at that time. And so, yeah, that was back in probably uh, 2000, 2006 or 2007 with the, with the Pontiac G6. Nice. And that was a good, I would say, uh, transition period right around that 2007 2008 with the market changing and then the detail industry i think that's when it started to hit huh, what's now some major growing pains with transitioning with a lot of different machines products pet you name it i mean everything yeah. across the board detailing started to just go up and change for the better 
Right. Oh, yeah. The stuff we've got on the market today, I mean, I just cannot believe. I mean, it's almost an addiction in itself mm. with all these awesome products. And then there will be some things that you think that aren't going to be that good. I mean, they'll, they'll be a little bit cheaper products. But there's this one product in specific that I can think of that I didn't think it was going to be that good. But I put it on my Jeep and it lasted a heck of a long time. It was like a ceramic ceramic sealant. And uh, that stuff was awesome. I love it. And I, I'll put it on people's cars now. And then I think I got about a half a bottle left to where I can put it on somebody's car. So, yeah, it's, it's an addiction in itself with all the amazing stuff that's on the market today. And it's just super fascinating to me. But uh, yeah, to continue on with my story. Uh, so I got out of the army and I went through a, a period of time to where, you know, I needed to get some self-help and things like that. And I was struggling just to figure out what I wanted to do because I had absolutely what I felt like was no purpose. And so uh, eventually after several years, I ended up uh, getting divorced from my ex-wife, moving down here to Oklahoma. I stayed with my mom for a while. And, uh, and then I got together with my current wife that I'm with now. And then I ended up meeting up with uh, one, of my, one of my friends, his name's Steve. And uh, I, don't, I don't really talk to Steve anymore. We kind of had a falling out, but we were going to do uh, like a repair shop and detail deal. And I think me and Steve, we detailed like, like two cars together and then it just, it ended up falling apart and not working out. But what I found through that process is that I was just from the military training and everything. And it's just that I was very meticulous about detailing and I found that I really enjoyed it. And I was just kind of hooked on it from that moment on. And so I just, I just kept detailing, you know, and I kind of figured out what I wanted my name to be. And uh, I read some uh, like online articles from the Auto Geek Forum by Mike Phillips. He has an article about how to, you know, pick your, pick your company name. And I was like, yep. well, what am I doing here? Uh, well, I'm cleaning autos. So auto clean. <laughs> but I thought auto clean was the perfect name. So that's how I picked my, my company name. Well, that's good that you found that that resource because there's a, uh, a wealth of knowledge from their forum, especially from Mike Phillips. I mean, you yeah. know, he's been such such an influence in the industry for so long and has so much and a million articles. He's probably written more articles than anybody I, I, I oh, can yeah. say. And they're all super helpful. And I'm one to say that I've benefited from it in my early years with a lot of reading and downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a lot of downtime and stuff. And that's basically what I do with my downtime is I just, the forums, I think are one of the most underrated resources that you can get as a detailer, especially if you're limited on be, being able to afford to actually get to like a legit training, which is, which is my goal. Like I want to be able to afford to be able to go take some like legit trainings and take my family along with me because I think of it as an adventure. Like I'll go on vacation with my family and I'll learn some new detailing, uh, new, you know, new detailing skills. And then me and my family can hang out in the evening times or whatever. And then, you know, like say if we, went down to Florida or something, you know, we could just hang down there for a couple extra days and then come back home and, you know, make an adventure out of it. So. Yeah. That's the balance, right? That's being able to do two birds, one stone, get the that's business right. side out of it and still be with family and make a day out of it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Everybody gets a win out of it. In my opinion. Yeah. I like it. 
But yeah, like I was saying, the you know the forums—they're probably one of the most underrated resources, and it, it would be nice to see a, a lot more people on the forums just getting up there and posting like you know in-depth uh, write-ups of their processes and stuff with pictures and stuff like that because it's really been a help to me. I mean, that's one of the first things I go to when I need an answer to something is I'll go like to the Auto Geek forum or I'll go to like the 3D forum and or stuff like that. So rather than try to find the answer on Facebook, because sometimes on Facebook, you'll get some really rude answers from people. Yeah, of, it's it's definitely a, a balance of positive and negative, sometimes more negative than positive. And unfortunately, yeah. with this digital age, forums are a kind of a dying breed because the yeah. social media groups are more people's attention span uh, are they're they're able to relate in those groups quicker than the forums and i've seen it throughout the years where the forums are unfortunately taking a dive and it's few and few that are still continuing to exercise using them but to your point there is a lot of great information and gosh there's so much out there because that's that's where it all started was forums yeah but uh yeah so uh let's see where was i at uh yeah, so I was talking Came up about, with the name. Yep, yep. I was, uh, t so I, like I say, I, I had a fallen out with my friend Steve, and then uh, I, I kept detailing, and then we were actually living in this really crappy house, and I used to detail, like, in my front yard, like, in the, in the mud in my front yard, and somebody uh, loaned me this, like, huge, huge pressure washer. I mean, it was, like, a commercial-grade pressure washer, and it it felt like like 50,000 PSI. I mean, you could blast water all the way across the road with this thing. <laughs> and I had to, I never, I didn't know at that time that the water pressure can be damaging to vehicles. So, uh, and I had to rig this pressure washer up and every time I wanted, we had this spare room. And so every time I wanted to do a detail for somebody, I'd have to pick this thing up and drag it outside on the front porch. And I'd have all my chemicals and stuff <laughs> inside. And, uh, and it was at that time that I had discovered this company up in the city that offers like these, these really cheap chemicals. And, uh, and so I was using those and people would like come up in the yard to see what I was using. I had guys from car washes coming around to see what I was using. And, uh, people would like drive up to my yard and want to detail and stuff. And it was at that time that I was, you know, uh, at the point to where I was just offering the cheapest detail that I could offer because I didn't have any idea what to charge and stuff like that. And I was using, you know, really cheap chemicals. And so then... But it works, right? We all, you know, everybody, yep. literally everybody had to start from somewhere. Yep. And getting chemicals in general, that's half the battle, right? Better than yep. going to Walmart or AutoZone or any of these parts houses and picking up some general purpose stuff. At least you had a connection with some mid-level stuff to get you started. Yeah, yeah. And... uh it was it, when I first started using those products, I would, there was this truck that there's this truck that comes into town and delivers them. Well, that guy charges like twice as much as if you just drive down to the city, you can buy the products wholesale. So I ended up, oh, figuring wow. yeah, I ended up figuring that out and just driving down to the city and getting the products like half off. So I was able to save some money. Did you bring yeah. that up to the guy, the rep or the distributor to be like, Hey bro, why are you charging me double when I go over here and get it? <laughs> no, I never did, but he probably figured it out because I just stopped going to him. I don't, I'm not really a confrontational yeah. person. I just, 
I just didn't go to him anymore. Yeah, that's so. a quick way to lose a customer, though. I'll tell you what, I, I yeah. see, I think about that stuff being in retail. I'm like, yeah. why would, yeah, could I, could I get away with it and make the extra buck now for the immediate gratification? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But what about long term? Yeah. Oh, no. Now I'm screwed. Now I'm going to lose somebody forever because of right. that move. Yeah. And I, I'm like an investigational type personality. So I'm like, you know, I will I will call them up if they're I'd call their where their main warehouse up and be talking to them about their products. And then one day the guy on the phone, he's like, yeah, you know, you don't need to buy off of the truck. You can just come right down here and get the products a lot cheaper. I was like, oh, OK, here I come. <laughs> That's why they call it map pricing or msrp because it should reflect each other so that way whether you're buying from him or them yeah. you're still paying the same amount now yeah. you have an inconvenience of having to drive in the city unless you're going there for another purpose and it works both ways but still yeah but uh yeah i used to buy that stuff by the gallon five gallon jugs and and at that time i mean i wouldn't even get enough customers to be able to to keep up with some of the stuff before it went bad uh which leads me to the thing where I finally just started when I finally decided to just start using higher quality chemicals. And uh, I think, uh, so I was mentioning about that house I was down there detailing on my front yard. So then we found this other house with a really nice garage in the back. And it was like a oversized two car garage, lots of shelving and everything in it. Nice. And pretty much, you know, anything you need. And so uh, we went, we ended up moving up there and then I think at about that time when we went up to that second house is uh, when I started figuring it out that I'd like to maybe start using some better quality chemicals because I had uh, one bad experience with some interior dressing to where it actually went bad and it started stinking. And uh, I put it on the inside of somebody's car without realizing that and it like smelled up the inside of their car. And so I was like, well, that's pretty much it on that. I'm going to start. Wow. So then I at least I at least started heading down to O'Reilly's and getting some of the McGuire's ultimate uh, ultimate interior dressing. So that's a solid dressing. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good and it smells it smells really good too. Well, and then you're buying ready to use, so you know you don't have to worry about diluting it yourself. And then in some cases, to your point, some of the you know when you go to dilute it with regular tap water, that's where it, you know it could prematurely turn and start having those adverse effects such as smell. Uh, yeah. separation weird just things that happen chemistry wise yeah yeah and that's why another good reason just why i recommend everybody to dilute everything with uh, distilled water because it's not got nothing in it so uh, a lot of people don't know that but i've been putting that out to all of my friends lately like whenever you dilute a chemical make sure you do it with distilled water so that way it's like if it's no. open there the soap's going to attack whatever whatever's in the water whatever impurities are in the water and it'll create you know, pH imbalances and stuff like that. And you don't want that because you want your chemicals to be most effective. But uh, so yeah, that, uh, that it's the Haddon house is the second house we moved up to. And uh, it had a nice oversized garage and everything it was about perfect for just an at home, you know, detailing garage operation. Very and, nice. So, and that's when I started getting into using the higher quality products when I, and also that's the time I started ordering off of AutoGeek, which is AutoGeek is like my main supplier now. I order pretty much almost everything I can off of AutoGeek unless uh, I need it in a hurry. And then I order it off of Amazon to get it in a couple of days if I need it. Got to do what you got to do because you're in a pinch. Yeah. You know, AutoGeek's fast, but sometimes you can't beat that turnaround time on Amazon. They've got that. Yeah. <laughs> but then I feel bad too. I'm like, oh, I'm cheating on AutoGeek. <laughs> 
because Auto Geek's been really good to me over the years. You know, they uh they've had great customer service and everything, and everything I've learned from them. Every time I call up there, the customer service representatives are really easy and easy to deal with and stuff. They answer all my questions very thoroughly. So that makes it to where I want to keep going back and buying products from them. No, they run a tight ship. And somebody who's familiar with that, like yourself with a military background, you recognize that real quick. And that's SOPs, right? Standard operating process. And they got yep. a lot of those in place. And that's what makes them successful because they have it dialed in. I mean, that's what they do best. And, you know, being able to do that. But you're right. I've gotten a ton of information in my early years. And they were the first, I would say, professional grade company I purchased from as well. And yeah. obviously still do, but yeah. And, I mean, yeah. and you know, the way that they write their descriptions for the products, you actually learn a lot off of that. You're like, oh, that looks good. And then they write a nice description for you. So you can kind of figure out exactly what it does and what applications you can use the product for and stuff like that. And uh, another thing I've taken advantage of too was uh, the kits that they offer. Like say I want to sample a product. Some mm -hmm. of the kits come with like you know towels and applicators and stuff like that that you need just just what you need to get started and give you a, a basic idea and it's a great way to uh, uh it's a great way to take just a small risk like say you're considering purchasing gallons of the stuff yep. i'd rather purchase what i always do is i always purchase just a small bottle of whatever i think it is that i'm going to use and if i really like it i'll start buying the gallons of it and then the cool thing is, is I've already got a labeled spray bottle right there that I've already purchased and I yeah. can just refill it. <laughs> so heck yeah. I call that test driving. It's like, you know, you go to the dealership and you test drive the cars, same thing with products, test drive the product. Let me know how you like it just enough to where you're able to sample it enough to really get some feedback, whether it's going to be a go ahead or uh -uh, not, yeah. not my likings. Yep. Yeah. So uh, at the, the Haddon house, I started uh, getting, you know, customers and stuff over there. And uh, unfortunately that big, that big pressure washer I was talking about a while back, it came back to bite me in the butt because that thing was so noisy and loud and everything. And, you know, I just didn't think to take my like neighbors into consideration and stuff like that. <laughs> so what actually ended up happening was the ladies next door ended up getting really mad at me and uh, they wrote a letter to the mayor and stuff. And so the city came and they said, you can't be, that you can't be uh, spraying water in your driveway because it runs out into the street. So they got me on that, but I went and talked to them and stuff. They said, you can still detail in your garage, but you can't be spraying water or anything over here. As long as you're in your garage, you're good. So that's when I, I had no idea what to do. And I was just pretty much completely heartbroken at that point because all I had known at that time in my life was uh, how to just do the traditional washes and I didn't know anything about rinseless washes. So what that caused for me to have to do was learn another way to wash the cars. <laughs> so I could still keep detailing. Nothing and, wrong uh, with that. Just adds yeah. more to your arsenal of knowledge. Yep. So I had to learn how to do uh, rinseless washes. I had to learn all about waterless washes and things like that. And then occasionally if I'd get a car that was super dirty, I'd have to just tell the customer, hey, this car is really dirty. I'm going to need to take it down to the car wash and blast it off before I come back here and wash it in my shop. And it seemed like it that made quite a few happy customers just figuring out how to do it that way. So I was okay oh, with yeah. that. Well. And then uh, it just, in my area, we've got a lot of uh, what I call an oversaturation of guys that do it for like, that will like do mobile detailing for like 50 bucks and they'll come to somebody's house and do a whole car for 50 bucks. 
So inexpensive, or I should say common core guys, right? That are just yeah. doing it below market value. Yeah. The, re the respectful way of saying that. <laughs> yeah. No, cheap asses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the area just kind of got overwhelmed with it. And I've watched these guys come and go over time, which is something I'm going to tie into here in just a little bit. Uh, I've, I've, I've uh, watched these guys come and go over time. And so what it ended up causing me to do is I, after a while, I got overwhelmed by it and it got to be a little bit too emotional for me. So I just, you know, especially with having to deal with those ladies next door and everything, because it was like, literally they'd come out there and videotape me and stuff while I was detailing, even if I was in my garage and they constantly, they'd come out there and cuss at me and harass me and stuff. So, and we, I would have been, I, I, I would have been playing with them. I would have went out there in like really tight shorts, no shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe a half shirt that was like yeah. net. You know what well, I mean? Just to really just to mess with them. <laughs> just just to mess with them. You know what I mean? Underwear and socks only. You know, detailing car. Yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, you want to show, ladies? I got you. I got you. <laughs> that would have been pretty hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we even ended up having the cops over there a couple of times, and I just didn't want to deal with that anymore. And uh, so I just kind of shut it down. Damn. And after a while, they ended up moving, and then we found the house we're at now, and this is the third place we've been at in this town. And the last two places were with the same landlord. It's just we got a bigger yard over here, and we got two more bedrooms at this house, nice. so more room for the kids and stuff. I was going to say, I noticed you have kids unless you like putting stickers on your door. Yeah, that's, that's the kids. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know which one, probably both of them put it up there. Ethan and Jake. My daughter does that. You give her a book of stickers and it's on. She's, she's everything, everywhere. My car, yeah. oh my gosh, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> I think I miss seeing it though. If it just wasn't there one day, I'd miss, I'd miss seeing it. Yeah, yeah, there's something that comes with that, right? Yes, sir. That, that emotional. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I, I quit detailing for a, a couple of years. And then uh, once the, the COVID hit, uh, I started, you know, like really missing it and stuff. I was getting stuck in the house and stuff a lot, and which isn't good for me. Like, I don't like to be stuck in the house too long for my, by myself because my thoughts and stuff start getting to me. And I start getting depressed and things like that. And so I was like, you know, I, I really miss detailing. I think I'm going to get started. Uh, I think I'm going to get started detailing again. And so we got our, our stimulus checks in. I ended up just taking as much as I could out of our stimulus checks. And I went and bought more detailing supplies. And uh, then this last time that I started, just to tie back into when I was using the cheaper products and stuff before this last time I started, I was like, you know what? I don't care what happens. I don't care how many customers I get. I'm going to use the best quality stuff that I can find. I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to research all this stuff. I'm going to use only the highest quality products. And I'm going to charge a price that I feel that's, that's fair to me. Because I spend, you know, I know that a lot of people can get through cars pretty quick. They might be able to do a few interiors a day. Well, as for me, I spend... There's been times where I've spent like three days on somebody's interior, just getting it all cleaned up and everything. So I spend a heck of a lot of time and I feel like I charge a pretty fair, fair price for the amount of time and the, the, the cost of the products and all the time that I spent researching all these products and everything else. I feel like I've given a lot of time for free to the customers even before they get their car to me to detail. So I charge a higher price 
than what most most people in my area charge and uh it's worked out pretty well for me actually i've ended up attracting a, a lot better customers and i'm still working on getting to exactly where i want to be as far as getting the kind of customers i want as one of my friends told me you know i just haven't found my market yet but i'm starting to get there and people are always so happy with my details i mean nobody's ever complained about the price or the amount of time that it takes me once they pick their car up they're all super happy with it and so that's a big boost to me it makes me feel good about what i do and that's uh, the thing right it's your it's your you're using premium products. You have premium yep. knowledge to those products, the time you've yep. invested. And, and, and then of course the requests of service, the customers, you know, because you're at a premium level, the, the currency of that is your time for money. And right. there shouldn't be ever any, any, you shouldn't ever feel bad about how much you charge. Even if somebody gives you resistance on it, what you charge yeah, right. is what you charge. And that's what the currency is to execute the job. And if they don't yep. like it, so be it. You'll find somebody who does. Yeah, and that's one thing I struggled with is because, uh, you know, I just like to to help people through what I'm what I feel like I'm good at. And uh, and, you know, it's like I feel bad for him. It's like, man, I really I really want to clean your car up, but I'm not going to do it for free. <laughs> no. And if the guy down the street is going to do it for close to free, then maybe that's a better fit for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, the people that I, did I take on, you know, I kind of have like my own filter of getting the kind of people that I like to take on that'll, you know, respect my prices and my time and everything else. And that will appreciate the jobs that I do for them. And just uh, the way that I've been able to get it figured out has worked out pretty well for me. So. Good. Now with where you live now, you're still, you have a garage that you're actively detailing out of. Oh yeah, I didn't get to that part yet. Okay. So after uh, after I went and we used our stimulus checks and stuff to buy the detailing supplies to get started back up again, I did start off back in my garage. I'm here now, and what's cool about this garage is, is well, I knew from my previous experience that uh, I didn't want like a loud pressure washer or anything like that. So I didn't even get a pressure washer. I just got a garden hose, and uh, I started off with a couple of my friends' cars. I mainly did one guy. Uh, and he, he'd start bringing me his and his wife's vehicles on a regular basis. And so the driveway is canted in here. So the water doesn't flow out into the street. So I can't get in trouble for water flowing out into the street. Nice. And so I was just really careful, made sure I wasn't like annoying to the customers or anything, you know, turn my vacuums off at reasonable times and all that stuff and tried to do as much work as I could inside my garage. So I wouldn't get in trouble and I didn't have any issues. And so that same guy that I was just talking about that would bring me uh, him and his wife's vehicle pretty much on a regular basis. I think uh, he might've been inspired by what I was doing or just like really could see that I enjoyed it. So what he ended up doing was offering to let me use a space in one of his shops cause he owns a auto repair garage. Nice. So I started off and I, I went to another shop in uh, Yukon, Oklahoma there for a while. And I had a big, nice shop to work in and everything. And then uh, he got another shop up in Newcastle that's got like pretty much everything you could want in a shop. It's got all kinds of power. Uh, it's heated and air conditioned and everything. Good lighting. I mean, just pretty much anything you could ask for. And he lets me go up there whenever I've got a car to do and I, I detail up there now. So and you got nice. like a climate controlled room to keep all my chemicals and everything in. So Very nice. 
Now, when you were doing it at, out of your home, did you have any disruptions from customers at er, too early or too late kind of scenarios? Uh, as far as like showing up too early or showing up too late? Yeah, or just randomly showing up, right? When you're when you're home on an off day. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I never had anybody just randomly showing up. But the way that I do it is, is um, I tell people what time I need them to be there just based on the, the weather conditions. Like, you know, in the summertime, the sun comes up really early. So what I have them do is I have them drop their vehicle off the nine four. That way I can get up just as soon as that day breaks and I can get started on their wash before the sun comes out and starts causing me water spot problems and stuff like that. So I'm really good at timing as far as, as far as timing everything out. And if they show up too late or they're not there like 30 minutes to 45 minutes after the, their scheduled time, then I just give them a call and tell them that we need to reschedule because that's, that's too late for me to start. You know, I've got everything planned out pretty much like a mission. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm ready to do their detail, they need to be there. That's part of, you know, respecting my time. And if they can't make it, then we're just going to have to reschedule. And they might have to wait another couple of weeks because I might have two, two or three, you know, cars ahead of them at that point. So now your but, schedule now with, with, you know, being in the shop, what's that look like? How, how frequent are you there every day? Are you able to kind of cherry pick on what, what jobs you want to do and how often you want to do them? Yeah. So I am able to cherry pick on what kind of jobs I want to do. And it was like, I was mentioning about that filter I was talking about earlier. So just by talking to the customer, basically one of the first filters is always is going to be the price point. So let's say their interior is going to be like, they, they call me up and they say, I haven't cleaned the inside of my car out in two years and I need it shampooed and uh, I need you to do everything to it. And so I'm like, yeah, well, that's probably going to be like about 300 bucks. Oh, that's too expensive. And so then they'll just go on to somebody else. But if they get past the price point, then I start letting them know about how long it's going to take me and stuff. So I'll be like, uh, I'll be like, all right, well, it's probably going to take me about three days to get your interior done because I'll spend the it usually takes me like a half a day to get uh to get you know their their floor mats and headliner clean and get it all vacuumed out and then after that i try to work through at least three sections of the car on the first day and then on the second day i come back and i finish the last section of the car which would be the front passenger side and then uh i'll shampoo their seats and carpets so that'll take up the rest of the day then i put fans blowing inside overnight and then I come back the next day and I do all the finishing tasks like the door jams and stuff like that and put interior dressings on. And then I actually have, uh, I think for interiors, I have like a 65 point checklist that I, that I go through and I've got some really nice cards uh, that I check everything off. And then I put their inspection card and the cooking in a couple of form. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. I like that idea. That's, question, or did I, did I get No, off no, that's perfect because I feel like okay. that, that right there, that's something I feel that should be exercised uh, as a whole in the industry for people to have, you know, whether it be an internal checklist that they keep for themselves, for their records, for the business, or something yeah. that in your case where it is for both. Excuse me, but you get it to where you're able to check off things for your own good. And then, of course, the customer seeing that you went through that process. And that just adds value to the overall, you know, expectations and experience that the customers receiving with you. Yeah, I think so, too. And, uh, you know, having that checklist also makes it to where uh, when I start the initial cleaning process, 
I start memorizing the checklist, the more I do it. And then I'll, I'll remember, okay, start off with the driver's A pillar, driver's dash, uh, the center console and the radio and center console controls and all that cup holders. Then we get up to the, you know, instrument cluster. And it's the same way with the exterior, you know, you just start memorizing the steps in which you need to inspect it. And then you don't forget to clean those things and it makes it easier in the end. Yeah, room, not, not, not really any room for error. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. So now with that, I mean, you have now with, with, you know, being in a business a couple of years and having a, a good establishment, do you, uh, with marketing, are you into social media, website, things like that to help get your name out there more? Or is it still based on word of mouth? I got a website and I have my uh, Facebook page as far as being able to do like these, these fancy TikTok videos and stuff like that that people do, I've not been able to quite figure that out yet, uh, nor do I really have the time for it. But I do try to take at least a few pictures of each vehicle when I'm done and, um, and put those up on my Facebook page or I try to make posts and stuff that people can be responsive to. And I even try to make some like how-to videos and things like that to put up on my Facebook page. Very nice. So, and I try to, I primarily interact on Facebook and I've got a, a TikTok channel, but I haven't really gotten, gotten into it or got much content up on it yet. And uh, I think I might have one or two videos up on my YouTube channel for auto clean. And then the website's still a work in process. I kind of need to revamp some of my packages and stuff on there because uh, I wrote them, I wrote my packages a while back and I need to, like update them to get them to where I'd like to see them now. So, yeah, and it doesn't hurt to to stay consistent with that as the as a living document to say with your services and your packages because obviously, past couple of years a lot has changed. Prices are changing left and right. So it's right now would be prime time if you were going to make the, you take advantage of changing things. Yeah, and because of times changing and there's there's you know it's not like you're the only one right it's like the world is changing so you're just yeah. changing with it <laughs> yep and then you know i think your packages also change based on your experience level too like you realize yeah. that you can do things a little different not only to make it easier on yourself but to make it easier on the customer to understand your packages because i think the easier you can make it on your customers uh, the more satisfied they'll be with your services in the end. Bingo. Yeah. And me personally here with my shop, we do everything as a tailored service. So that it hits that mark too. So that way we're able to make sure that we're hitting expectations, but overall the service at hand that they're paying for. So they know where every dollar is going into each one of it. And that gives them opportunity to have some wiggle room um, as well that we've noticed. But again, hitting expectations is the biggest thing. Yeah, that's it. That's definitely a good idea. I was wondering if uh, whenever you create a package for somebody, um, what I do is like, if somebody says their car is not that bad, uh, well, let's say their car is not that bad, then I just got like my basic interior package. So I try to give them the package that will get their car to like brand new condition again. So mm -hmm. is that the way you do yours too? Basically, when I have a client call or whatever the case may be, when they reach out to us, um, I try to have them come in for a consultation process. I don't talk any pricing over the phone because, you know, as customers, they have good intentions, but a lot of them do lie or they don't see things the way we see it. I shouldn't say lie, but 
Some do, you know, there's that category, you know, it's like insurance, there's bad apples and good apples, but unfortunately the bad apples make the, make the change for the policies, even the good apples end up dealing with. So with that as detailers, we deal with that with the customer base. And so I get them in and I basically tailor it. I have a base service like interior, like we're talking about. I have a base service that covers the basics of uh, compressed air, blowing out, vacuuming, uh, shampoo and mats, wiping down surfaces with APC, interior APC, and then hydrating the surfaces, conditioning them and inside windows. So anything addition to that based on, you know, the, the soiling, how mild or heavy it is, uh, shampooing, whether it be seats or carpet, leather cleaning, all those things factor into being additional service based on time. And that's where those things build up to get their total tailored service that is dialed into what their wants are and what the vehicle needs. And that way I'm able to present them with a total package to say that was tailored to what was going on based on condition and their expectations. Um, And that's how I I deliver it basically. That way they're also in front of me. And I always try to build up how, like you, build up the time invested and the process invested in the service so they see the value. So once I do lay down the cost, it's a little bit more respectable because they understand everything that's going into it, or at least they have some of an idea. <laughs> Sometimes you explain things, as you know, and it just is, it's overwhelming to them because we you know we, yeah. we, we try to speak to them, not over them because of our detailer lingo that we're so used to using, (laughs) but sometimes it's, it's holding back, right? It's like, you know, you use the certain terminology and it's like, well, I can't use that with them. They may not, that, that, that's a different language to them. (laughs) Yeah. That's something I've been working on myself too, is because I get really passionate about, about talking to people about detailing. And so I just start getting into all the technical stuff. And after just like a couple of minutes, you see their eyes, (laughs) Start glitching over, like, oh man, I lost them. I lost them. I need to bring them back in. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. No. no, but I, I, I tailor it that way. That way, it allows them to, you know, say, okay, I want that done, or I don't want this done. But you know, with interiors, unfortunately, it's one of those things that you know we're signing off on it as as detailers, and our name is on it when it leaves. So. There is a line that needs to be drawn with my, you know, even with my customers to where if they don't want to move forward with something like, you know, if they have really dirty seats, but want the interior done and no seat shampoo, then I'm not just going to take their money and clean their interior without cleaning the seats. I just declined the job because yeah. I can't sign off on that. You know, it's not, they, they may be happy with it, but friends, family, or whoever may see the vehicle and be like, who'd you have do your car? Like, uh, yeah, yeah that's they don't totally ask any more questions. That's the only question they ask. And that stops them from ever calling or coming by your place of business. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, no, for sure. I've, I've, we, me, I've always, you know, I, I come from being a detailer myself, just like anybody else. Uh, I was unemployed when I started detailing. So I had literally nothing. Uh, it was just, you know, hopes and dreams and, and opportunities that presented themselves and, and for that reason, I, I really dove into it because I felt like that was my, my field of dreams to say, you know, and that's that's what it has become. And um, as a detail and an operator of my shop now for 14 years almost, um, I've dealt with many different levels of customers. And being here where I'm at in Brevard County, Florida, I'm on the Space Coast where I have Cape Canaveral with NASA, SpaceX and all of the engineers there. Then I have the big Patrick Air Force Base, which is a huge Air Force Base, military-wise. And then we have a boatload here behind my shop where I have the Melbourne Airport, which is a small airport. But 
In those surrounding areas, we have Northrop Grumman, Rockwell Collins, Harris. We have all these uh, Lockheed Martin. We have major, major uh, engineer community. So I've had to kind of learn how to wordsmith around the mindset and being able to, again, talk to them versus over them or under them. And yeah. if you don't, as you know, military wise, if you don't speak the right language to them, you could immediately be discredited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. No harm, no foul, but you're just not, you know, you might be speaking over them or the information that they gathered themselves prior to coming to you yeah. might be more accurate than what you're presenting. And that right there can, so being smart, being educated in the space of detailing like you with all the reading and doing that, that's super helpful dealing with those clients. But that allows you to dial in your 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 lingo, your your language, your process, your services at a level that allows you to be more successful versus the guy down the street to say that not doing any of that stuff. He's just right. trying to wash cars and collect a check, which yeah. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. But as you know, you know, leading by education is is really key to a lot of what we do and what's done as a whole for detailing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, and, and I, with my travels and having people on the podcast like yourself, you know, I, it's all, I always learn something and that's great because I see so many different ways that people can be successful within detailing because there's so many different layers to it. And there's really not a wrong way. There's a way to do it wrong. But as far as those different layers to it, you could still kill it on all those different levels. It's just a matter of, dialing it in properly and of course charging accordingly <laughs> that's always the biggest thing but there's always room for growth there's always room to be able to charge more as well and it doesn't matter what market you're in because the way i see it if they have a new if they have a dealership or multiple dealerships in your city in your market and they're getting premium rates on these vehicles then these customers are paying full pop. They have money. There's money in the market. There may not be a lot of it, but it's us as the business owners and detailers that have to figure out how to extract that specific type of customer in that market out and put it into your front door for services. That way, there's no major resistance. There might be reasoning behind having to tell them about why you charge as much, but it's not resistance on them saying like, no, I'm just not going to him because he charges too much. Sometimes gotcha. people just need that explanation. And that's, gotcha. I've had that, you know, dealing with husband and wife, right? Wife's like, yeah, let's do it. Husband's like, well, why am I paying this much? If you can't <laughs> explain, then they're like, well, we're not going to him. But if you can't explain, he's like, oh, I get it. Okay, when can I book? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but that's the glory of being a, a, a detailer and a business owner, right? Navigating through all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've had good luck with, uh, you know, people taking a risk on me. And then once they see the, the end result, I mean, they, that's right there. The end result, I think is really what helps them like totally understand why they paid what they paid for it. I mean, once they see the quality of the job and everything like that, like I said, I haven't had anybody complain about the price once they pick their vehicle up. <laughs> Good deal. So. <clears throat> no, and that's, I have a saying for that. You give us trust, we give you results. And that's, yeah. and that's, what it is and you, you know and there's no beating around the bush no fluffing it it's just let give me your trust let, let me work my magic and trust me you'll you'll be happy and that's and, and like you you know you dive into knowing the stuff so well that you pretty much can always exceed someone's expectations because you know the detail space the products the process so well that 
once you understand what their expectations are, being able to take it a little bit above that level is not a problem at all. And then you know you've hit the mark and some. Heck yeah. So what's your uh, what's your plans for the rest of the year? Anything anything major going on? You plan on trying to attend any of the events coming up? As far as, uh, yeah, detailing goes, I had set some goals for this year, but I don't know if I'll be able to make those goals or not. I, I did want to go do some trainings. Uh, I definitely wanted to, to get over to Mike Phillips and get some training from him. Uh, I'd like to get at least uh, – I'd like to at least get IDA certified this year and then start working towards getting the skills validation tests all done. But it just kind of depends on how many customers I can get and stuff like that. So that's what I, that's what my goals are this year. Very nice. Very nice. There's definitely a lot of really good brand uh, driven trainings, a lot of trainings based on process. Um, Is there any specific ones that you recommend? I mean, there's such a good amount of them and there's so many names out there I could throw out. But I mean, of course I have a one day training with PNS. I do the two day boot camp with auto geek. There is Mike okay. Phillips as well. There's Rennie Doyle. His is a five day course. It's going to okay. be a lot more of an investment, but a, probably the best return on investment you'll ever get with any training. Um, okay. You have, you have Rupes. Um, you've got uh, there's detail King, there's shine supply. I mean, there's reputable training facilities, uh, PDP, Majestic Solutions, that really put out good content and they're positive for what they have to offer. Uh, products, you know, it's playing with them, test driving them to say, to see what you like and what, what fits is your business model for what you're trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, I always recommend going with, you know, in this industry, going with the bigger names when it comes to training is really where it's at. Um, because those guys in those facilities, those companies are vetted. They've been around for a long time. They have a legacy. They have a process. So a lot to get from that. It's just a matter of what you could afford and how far away it is from you, too. <laughs> yeah. But definitely yeah, a lot I, out there. I, I, that's my goal is I just want to start getting around to some of these trainings and stuff, get IDA certified, try to start working towards my skills validation and skills keep, you know, learning as much as I can about detailing and stuff like that. So. No, that's a good start. I was going to say too, what on, on Facebook, I don't have you on here. What is your, um, I'm going to search. So be that way you could, if, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, you can okay. always reach out to me through messenger. Okay. Um, what is, what do you, you go by your business name or your name on Facebook? Uh, I use my, I use my, you can reach out to me personally. Do it right now while we're on the podcast. Uh, avatar pick is like a raccoon. Ah, it's like a, gotcha. did you find it? <laughs> that guy right there? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Sweet. So I take it you're into some uh, that American top to some kind of martial arts oh, jujitsu. Yep. Jujitsu. Right now we're going. That's an old picture. That's from whatever I used to be at American Elite. But we go to uh, Raptor Jujitsu now, and they're up in Edmond, Oklahoma. And that reminds me that I probably need to start getting back to some classes when I can. <laughs> I've been slacking. No, that's completely fine. I um, I I amateur box and kickboxing since I was 18 years old. And so it's been little, you know, 20 years now, but I still actively stay involved. The past couple of months, I've kind of slacked due to traveling and stuff, being involved with shop and industry. But 
Yeah, I've I've always uh, taken a beating and given a beating on stand up, and it's always been fun, and it's always been my my secondary passion. I, I really thought my early years of twenties that it was going to be my what took me to the top until I got into detailing, and it my my passion refocused. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think martial arts once you get into it, I don't think you can give it up. I think it gets kind of gets into your spirit it's not something you can never give up i started off with taekwondo and then i didn't do anything for a long time i, I was like man i gotta get back to martial arts gotta get back to martial arts gotta get back to martial arts and i ended up getting back into jiu-jitsu with my kids and then, yeah uh, we've been together for like the last at least three years now so and it's fun with the kids right because then it gives you more motivation and then you have no reason that you can't take That's off right. because if they're going you're going with them <laughs> That's right. that's right no, that's awesome. I did the, as a, as an adolescent, as a child, I was in a lot of different uh, taekwondo, karate. Um, I did that for quite a few years, and that's I think what drove my passion. And of course, you know, I'm 39, being 80s and 90s with you know with karate and Ninja Turtles and things being so cool and popular then, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it was like what the MMA is today, um, the popularity of it. So it's like you, as a child and a, a male, you just can't you're drawn to that. <laughs> I lost you on audio one more time. Hold on one second. Can you hear me? You there? Yes, sir. Okay, there you are. Sorry. Okay. I, I lost, I stopped, I, I, I was finishing speaking and then you went to speak and I completely lost you. So if you could recap on what you had said. Oh, yeah. I was just saying that uh, martial arts is a great way to build some good quality friendships. I think there's something about, you know, once you spar with somebody, you kind of instantly become friends. So. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Got some good friends out of that and lifelong friends at that. Yeah, 100%. And it also keeps you where confidence and, and just be, being able to kind of push your ego aside, get that out of the way and just be more respectful to people in general and mature. It helps you grow that maturity level, I think, quicker than you would naturally without doing something like that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, with where we are, Jacob, on time, um, just real quick, um, do you have any advice to any of the listeners, uh, anybody watching that you could throw out there on your behalf that, that might be intriguing to those listening? Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, throughout my journey in detailing, I've, I've been through a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of times I wanted to quit and there's been a lot of times where I just had to take a break, but I would say if you're really passionate about it, then don't give up, don't give up on it because, uh, passion is power. And I believe that if you pursue your passion, that you'll, that supporters will naturally be attracted to you. Just like, you know, I'm here today because people support me and uh, I've got a lot of good friends through detailing and stuff. So I would say that, that uh, not to give up on it, even if you feel like you're getting stuck or something, that there's always resources out there that you can find. And there's always, what I really like about the detailing community is it seems like everybody's so friendly and always willing to help and share information and secrets together so that we can all get better and provide the best that we can for for people so i would that's my advice is just 
don't give up on it if you're really passionate about it figure out a way to figure out a way to make it happen because that's that's what I do I don't always know if I'm gonna make it or not but I just keep on going and eventually you know it gets better so if you're having a bad day just remember that that's great advice Jacob no much appreciated and Thank you. And as far as people, you know, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, give us a plug, uh, how they get a hold of you, your business name, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, my phone number is really easy to remember. It's for a show car shine call 405-208-0999. And then uh, you can reach me on Facebook uh, through my auto clean Facebook page. And uh, you can email me Jacob at autocleandetails.com. Awesome. Well, Jacob, thank you. I did uh, send you a friend request, so that way you have that. And if you ever need anything, of course, get a hold of me. And on behalf of Buff and Shine, we definitely appreciate you having having you on and taking the time out of your day. Uh, and again, any of these uh, podcasts, including yourself, are all found on all podcast platforms, YouTube and our Reflection Artist page. Uh, but again, yours is Reflection Artist Live, episode number 65. And Thanks again on behalf of Buff and Shine. And uh, if you need anything, like I mentioned, just give me a shout. All right. I will. Thank you so much. It's yeah, been an honor. No. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. All right. You too, man. We'll see you All later. Right. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.